G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens for Season 2023, our very first episode, first of many, uh, joined by my co-host once again, Timmy Williams, uh, looking for a bounce back season, didn't finish in the top 559 last year, so a uh, bit of a kick in the dick there, but I'm sure you'll be better for the run, kid. I'm not going to lie, mate, it's, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed, you've had four months to come up with something good to introduce me to this podcast, and like... You've had better. I had four months and I spent 40 seconds before this. So <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, all good yeah. things. Uh, guys, brought to you for another year, uh, Blue Wealth Property. Uh, Tony and the team joining us once again. We've got some exciting announcements over the next couple of weeks surrounding that. Uh, Tony will be joining us soon. I think he's over in New York, Timmy, whining, dining, 69ing, enjoying himself as he does. Yeah. We're very keen to have him back. Yeah, doing it tough over there. I can't wait to get the... Uh Get the big fella back onto the podcast and just get blasted from both sides like I did last time. Unreal. <laughs> We've also got, obviously, Bloke in a Bar, guys. Make sure you go and grab yourself a case this weekend. Kempi's also got, on the 1st of February, uh, he's got a 50% sale for 50 hours. He mentioned it on Bloke in a Bar yesterday. It's going to be sensational. Uh, he's got a new range of teas that are coming out for it. We had a little sneak peek of them the other day. They are unreal. Uh, I've got my eyes on one in particular, but I think they're about 25 bucks. So, Kempi of giving away shirts fame. I know, mate. It's not bad from Kempy, isn't it? Uh, not a bad fella. Yeah, yeah, really emptying up, loading up with that one. I, I, man, I like the. I don't even know if they're a part of the the deal. Kempy can clarify for that one, but I like the soccer jerseys. I think they're mad. They are. They're the good yeah, aren't they? I can hear the go. So. Yeah. Just pulling out, pulling out all the stops, Kempi. Doing good things. Now, on that note, uh, we are on the hunt for some more sponsorships for beers and break evens for 2023. So, uh, if you are keen to join the team. We're interested. It is, mate. We are very fortunate and uh, very grateful to have Tony and Blue Elf uh, on board again this season. So stoked for that. But uh, partnership opportunities are available. So if anyone does want to jump in, get on board with Beers and Breakevens this season, hit us up with an email, new exclusive email, beersandbreakevens at gmail.com. Flick us an email, we'll have a bit of a chat, sort something out and... Uh, let you know what we can offer. Yeah, plenty of exciting opportunities from the podcast to the YouTube to social media as well. Uh, Blue, Blue Wealth Property, they obviously had a, a number of social mm. media posts last year, which were sensational. Two so drinking beers. How good. Mm. And you get to come in here occasionally, spend some time with us. Drink Kempy's beers on the house. Real winners. Yeah. Uh, now, mate, to serious business, uh, we are going to go through your team today, and then tomorrow we're going to go through my team. Uh, we decided to go through yours first because you are the expert. <laughs> <laughs> despite what the results from last year indicated. Do you think you can catch me this year or what? Yeah, I mean... Does I've it, taken the blindfold off this year. Yeah. So, never know. Yeah, as a, as a perennial, what, sort of top two, three hundred finisher, I suppose that defines you as an expert, which you know a little bit... Oh, yeah, no, what did you finish last year? 300 and something. Oh, that's cute, mate. Mm. Yeah, no, sorry, carry on. Can we get a dictionary definition of what perennial means? Mate, I, I don't know what 90% of the words that I say <laughs> mean. I just run with them, act confident, and hope no one questions me. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but, yeah, I think this year uh, we'll talk about it more when we get into strategy and everything a little bit later, but with the buys and everything going on, a lot less dual positions as it stands right now. Mm. Is it going to be, do you think, the, the hardest year so far? It will be. Uh, as someone who spends, obviously, a lot of time on Supercoach, the harder the better because we get our heads around strategy by planning across an entire season, being prepared for that. Like the amount of times this year people are going to go, get to a week and go, shit, this bloke's injured, this bloke's on the buy, I'm stuffed. It'll happen to everyone. It's going to be very frustrating. But hopefully that's where we come in and provide that strategy. You know, 
people live their lives. They don't spend 100 hours a week looking at Supercoach like we do. That's what we're here for, to do that digging for you and uh, be able to lend a bit of a hand. And just add another layer, we were talking off mic before. I mean, with the new rules about two HIAs, you get your 18th man activated. Mm. It could be fucking carnage at different points this year. There are so many things to weigh up, mate. And as I said, well, it's a big pre-season coming up for us. A lot planned, so I can't wait to get stuck into it. We'll be scratching the surface today with some early team reveals, but uh, a bit to get through. Yeah, so I guess off the bat, we are going to go through Timmy's team today, mine tomorrow. Um, Look... I mean, no secret, you guys are all keen at Supercoach players. You know how it works. Uh, as far as our teams go at the moment, there are two trials to come. There are X amount of weeks of preseason to come. There are injuries to come. There are fucking players causing Barney Rubble off the field, Wes McGuamas, <laughs> you name it. It's all going to happen. It's all going to fucking change. But as it stands right now, we will go through our teams at the moment. And I guess um, there's a lot of guys in our sides that are placeholders at the moment. But I think by the look of our team, you can sort of see strategies to some extent how we're going to go about it so uh mate we'll start in the fullback for you uh james tedesco eight hundred and thirty-six thousand. uh a big whack there but uh just a premium player isn't he yeah that's it mate and as you said it's, it's early days so there's so much change over the course of the pre-season but the game officially launches they normally do it on about australia day so a couple of weeks away when they do that they, when the those at Supercoach headquarters launch the, I suppose the team pick, it'll give us a bit of an idea of putting our teams together. They intentionally left off a lot of the dual positioning because the logic, and it was a good one, was that all right, it's a lot easier to add dual positions than take it off and screw teams around. So there's a lot of players with only single positioning and you go, this is bullshit, like he's a genuine dual position utility. So they'll be added. So there's a big one straight away that'll change the makeup of our teams. Um, and... Like, while our teams are going to change a lot, a lot of the blokes I've, I suppose, the more expensive players that I've got locked in, they might be quite similar come round one. Um, things will change, but the cheapies in particular, a lot of placeholders in there that are just throwing them up there for now, but we'll learn a lot of that about during pre-season. So, yeah, starting with the Roosters, fullback's interesting position because Ryan Pappenhausen, you know, I don't think he'll be playing round one in top dollar, you wouldn't be paying for him anyway. Latrell Mitchell and the Bunnies have a really, really difficult start to the season. I can find issues with a lot of the key fullbacks. Uh, Jimmy Tedesco, he comes in, safe as houses, round one against the Dolphins, round two against the Warriors. He's probably my captain for round one and two. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's an early, early reveal. I'll be targeting a lot of my trades around the Dolphins this season because, uh, unfortunately, I think they're in for a rough run, especially that first five to ten weeks. So Jimmy Tedesco in. Um, and then really he'll be very popular uh, the reserve fullback position I suppose you'd call it contentious yeah uh, Tommy Turbo 577k uh, I mean I can't imagine a world where I consider not going Turbo at that price but I think I might be living in that world a little bit here um, they've got the buy round two they've sent him over to the states at the moment i can't see him playing trials and if they've got the buy round two i think i would just call it in as far as turbo goes round one so there's a good chance you don't see turbo until round three in our opinion um after that the draw's not ideal you've got the melbourne storm you've got the penrith panthers i think you got the Parramatta eels i think you got one soft game in there eels bunnies knights is the soft one in mudgy panthers storm it's not great Mm. I mean, at that price, I, th- I think he's at about a 52 average or something along those lines. So he should be able to well and truly jump above that. But I, I, I don't think he is as set and forget as what 
people are acting like. Mm, not at all. And I think for me it comes down to whether he plays round one. Mm. At that price, I can't see myself not starting with him. Uh, a round one game against a, what we hope will be a much improved Bulldog side, but at the same time, it's a three o'clock Saturday day game out in Manly as well. Just watch out. Um, so if, he's, if he does play, I'm with you. I think they'll be conservative and wait until that round three, pending obviously how his rehab goes on, on the... To Hammy, the latest, another Hammy, yeah. yeah. Um, if he's picked for round one and plays, I think he'll be in my team. If he doesn't, I'm not going to sit in there when he doesn't play round one, buy round two, no confirmation of playing round three. Uh, but that does look like the likely one. So for now, he's in my team. Um, let's say he doesn't play a run or he drops out of my team. And again, we're going to go through each position in depth across the preseason. So we won't go too, too deep into it. But... There's a few that catch my eye. Scotty Drinkwater and the, Water and the Cowboys have a nice start to the season. AJ Brimson and the Titans, a decent start. Back to fullback Brimo. Outside of that, not a lot unless you're looking at the cheapy range, but for now it's Teddy and Turbo. And I mean, the other thing with uh, Tom Travojevic, if he doesn't play round one, has a bye round two, you can sit and watch him against Parramatta and South Sydney. And then you can bring him in. Like, he, he will be that two weeks behind everyone else as far as cash and everything. So, it's not a bad... I, I personally, I would rather see him not play round one. Absolutely. Uh, like, 100%. You can and, and sit the and other, watch him. Yeah, the other thing, is he's not, like, eight 900K. So, if you don't start with him, it's not like, shit, how do I find the cash to afford Tommy Turbo? He's easy to get in. Yeah. And then, if you can, you know, you, if you sit through those Panthers-Melbourne game, you've obviously got Manly playing the West Tigers in round eight, Campbelltown. They then play the Titans at Brookvale Oval, and then they play the Broncos uh, up there at Suncorp for Magic Round. So three games that I think he can score very well in there. We had a good chat about him uh, on the Bloke in the Bar podcast. Yeah, maybe they ease him back through centre. Imagine turbo dual position at centre. How good. To be honest, I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. Because I, you don't want teams to be similar in Supercoach. I hate it. It's Naturally, it happens organically, but... If he goes there, like, everyone has him. And if he was at centre, I'd, even if he wasn't playing round one, two, I'd nearly still have him just in there and ready to go for round three. Um, but at fullback, it just... It, fullback was the best position last year. It was wide open. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's a dream world anyway, so... So, Teddy Turbo, I think I will be pretty similar. We'll reveal that tomorrow. But I think that'll be one of the more popular duos at fullback. Yeah. Um, Let's have a look at your CTWs. Now, a guy that we're both keen on is Brian To'o, 624K. Uh, Taylor May will miss the first two weeks or so, so good, good chance Brian To'o will play on the left side to start, which I absolutely fucking love. Um, I think they played the Broncos in the first week. So knowing the off-season the Broncos have had, going down there to Penrith, that yeah. could be absolutely fucking anything. So I love Brian Toto there. Um, I personally think at that price, I think people are going to regret not starting with him. Lock and load. And one of my first blokes picked. The other thing with Brian Toto is that, you know, maybe starts on the left with Taylor May out the first two rounds. But I think you'll see with Viliami kick out, he was such a focal point of their attack in recent years uh, among that lethal left edge. I think the right edge will get more ball. Uh, because they don't have him. Now Liam Martin, he probably becomes the key line runner. I mean, Luke Garner, we think, will shift onto the left uh, ahead of Hosking, but I think the right probably just that little bit more, which only helps uh, Bisher as well. Stephen Crichton also, back in the last year, started to develop a bit of a passing game. We know that the right winger at the Panthers were just void of opportunities in recent years because Critter, he 
he'd just do it all himself and go mm. through them and dummied and whatever. I'd do the same if I was that good. But he started to get that little flicky at the back. So can only mean good things for Brian Toe. So he's in my side. Another thing, don't be too deterred by the prices to start the season. They've aligned with the new NRL salary cap. So they've gone up. So when you see someone like Nico Hines at 900k, don't freak. The way I'm doing it, as I get my head around all the pricing, is that just look at their average from last year and go, all right, do you think they're going to better than better that to start the year or do you think they're going to go worse? And that's just an easy guide and until, as I said, we get our heads a bit more around the new salary cap and the new prices. It was good to see Stephen Crichton not pass the ball for three years and 24 weeks until I said Brian Toto will go under. <laughs> won't score a try against the New Zealand Warriors and then he... Fucking passing the ball left, right, and centre. So that was nice of you, Critter. Cheers, yeah, mate. The, the Blue Wealth Bowl predictions. Any chance of you getting one right this season, <laughs> mate? Or <laughs> fuck you. All right, uh, let's move to our next one. Daniel Tupu. Uh, little pod play here. I don't mind it. Toops is always a good option. Uh, just seemingly always slept on, isn't he? Always slept on, and uh, there's a few reasons behind this. And a uh, position really up for grabs in my team to start the season, and it's off the back of that easy start to the year for the Roosters. As we said, we've got the, the, the two really easy games early on that I want to target. It does get tough. I believe they've got the buy in round three or four, and then there's a few tougher games. Um, look, he's priced on a 57 average, which is not a lot, and I think the Roosters is going to rip and tear this year. I really do. Um, with hopefully a fully fit roster, it's a stacked team, and I think Toops on that left edge uh, could be the big beneficiary. Um, as I said, not locked into my team, but when I made my initial squad, I had about six or 700k left in my cap and I had a lot of cheapies at CT Dub mm. and I just wanted to solidify it that little bit um, and I had the money to splash. So at the moment, Daniel Tupu, uh, but far from locked in. Uh, Remus Smith, this is uh, a bone that I'm going to pick with you. 316k, very cheap. Uh, that's going at about a what, 25, 27 average or something. So I understand the pick. Melbourne outside back. Um, mate, I I think it was 2021. We sort of started with Remus Smith. He did pretty well, made us mm. a bit of coin. Uh, last year, far from impressive. Having a look at his games, he played you know eight games when you take out the one injured game at the end. Uh, he went above 40 on two of those eight games. I think, and obviously we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, there's a lot more placeholders in Tim's team as there is in mine. I think there'll be better options than Remus Smith. I'm not convinced on him. Mm, yeah, look, he's just, he's very cheap. Uh, as you said, priced on the, what was it, 28-point average. Um, starting that in a Melbourne outfit that, all right, there'll probably no Pappy there, but Jerome Hughes, Cam Munster, Harry Grant on a 30 average he is. You look at their draw, round one, para, tough. Just probably won't play him. Happy to have a look. Into the Bulldogs in Melbourne, the Titans, the Tigers. That's a good start to the season for a bloke. Price pretty low. I just think it's it's a good position to be in. So he'll be, what is he? The right edge for the Storm, won't he? Right edge. Drone, huge. But my only worry is that they probably won't have Pappy. They do have Pappy, he won't be at his best. They've lost both of their edge back roles. They've got Christian Walsh coming back from injury. I, I'm just not sure if the Melbourne Storm start as hot and as fast as we're anticipating. Um, and I mean, yes, they're, they're good matchups there, but you go back and watch his games last year. Melbourne won just about all of those. He didn't score a fucking try in eight weeks. I like that because he averaged bugger all, but he scored one try in round one, and then he didn't have a try for his next. So he got injured 11 minutes into his ninth game of the season. In the next seven games, he didn't score. 
and he had one try assist that didn't come with a line assist. So I just think he has to find some more attacking stats there. I might not play him. Mm. And as I said, 314k to the eye goes, oh, that's a bit above what I want to pay for a cheapie. But again, it's inflated. So the bottom dollar cheapy this year is 200k. Yep. Last year it was 172 or, or yeah, something, something along those lines. Yeah. Yep. So I think it's cheaper than what we first perceive. Uh, and I said, not locked into my team, but and if there's a stack of cheaper cheapies uh, that come in for round one, I'll brush him. But I don't mind him. Now, obviously, uh, the basement price this year 200,800 dollars, uh, and you've got a few of these guys: Howarth, Alamotti, um, Tafare from the Dolphins. Uh, all these guys, same as everyone's team at the moment. It's wait and see with those guys. I think that the CTW position is going to dictate that you have to take a number of cheapies. Uh, and whether it's these guys, you've obviously got other guys like Skelton. There's an absolute stack of guys that you can pick from. I really like these three you've gone for. You'd have to think Jack Howarth gets a gig somewhere. How's Howarth? And he's one of your boys, Jack Howarth. Uh, a sneaky to start on the edge. These three are my boys just quietly. Yeah. It's like I've picked this fucking two. Yeah. As per. Like, yeah, who'd, who'd have thought, mate? <laughs> but Howarth... Like, it wouldn't shock me if he started on the edge round one for the Melbourne Storm, in which case, if he's available at centre at 200k, just a, it'll be the first pick for every player in Supercoach. Yeah. Um, just on that, I think there's one guy that we spoke about pre-show that I, I haven't really heard him spoken about all that much, is Tommy Eisenhurst. Um Now, obviously, the Melbourne Storm, they have lost a stack of players. They've lost both their edges. Everyone's talking Howarth, everyone, you know, Tarek Sims, these sort of guys. Mate, I, I think Tarek Sims will lock down one of them. Mm. The other one where we're talking about, you know, Katoa, how with all these guys that are up and down, you don't know what to expect. Tommy Eisenhuth, who's been in the system for a very long time, is dual position, 279k. I can really see a world where Craig Bellamy gets to round one and goes, fuck, it is chaos with this team. This looks completely different. New role players everywhere. Let's just go with a guy that knows the system. I think Eisenhuth could become pretty super coach relevant. Mm. And he's already got that dual positioning, second row centre, which is key. Uh, we know Bellyache, he's a loyal man. He has his favourites. He loves Tommy Eisenhuth. Gives yeah. him a run any chance he can. The problem is that team's been so stacked for a few years that it's hard to get blokes in there. So you're right, mate. He, he could be the bloke that he sticks with early on in the season. And if he does, uh, very hard to ignore. He also loves... An 80-minute back rower. Yeah. Barely like, I mean, he's had the, the luxury of having Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich there in recent years. So that's been quite easy. I suppose minutes become an issue with how do they want to get Howarth in there? How do they want to get Elias Katoa on there, who's another big pre-season watch? I'm not buying into Elias just yet, but if he comes out and brains the trials and then starts round one, he'd be running... We don't know where the edges will be at this... Oh, no. Tarek. Tarek can play both. He played... Right for the drags, I think so. But he also I, I think he can play both. Like I, I, I don't think it's set in stone either way. Either um, way, off Jerome Hughes or Cam Munster, not bad spots to be. Yeah, good little spots to be. Uh, and yeah, like there's other guys at Melbourne, like Alex Chan as well, who I, I reckon is going to have a really good shot at getting into that side. So a heap of guys to talk about there. Alex Chan, I had a, had a bit of a look at him. Was it Joe Chan was that his dad? Jo- uh, Joe Chan. Joe Alex, Chan. Alex, Alex Chan was his old, old man. Yeah. Old Melbourne Storm front row, mm. one of the greats. 320k, Alex Chan. It's Alex Chan, Joe Chan. So he's been playing over in the Catalans. Yep. Yeah, in the Super League. So 
320k is a bit annoying if he does happen to kill it. And yeah, I thought he'd be a little bit cheaper than so that. Did I. Yeah, very harsh from the uh, the markers there. Yeah, so there are, CTW, there are so many options. I've um, I've got different a few di- uh, different CTWs to Tim, so we'll go through that tomorrow with a few other guys that are worth touching on. Your last guy there is Hayes Dunster, not to be confused with Hayes Perham, who I have mixed up a thousand times mm. before a ball is kicked. Uh, Hayes Dunster, obviously at the Parramatta Eels, looks like Bailey Simonson. He could miss the first few weeks potentially. Someone will come in on that wing uh whoever it is for Parramatta pretty handy to have yeah we did so there's obviously Sean Russell's another option there that there's a number of different ways they could go but again that'll be hopefully it falls in the lap of a cheapie which has every chance it does and if it takes Dunster then it looks like a pretty decent little pickup yeah I like that uh let's move into your halves mate um I think we'll start with the obvious one at 5-8 Josh Schuster he's available at 2RF as well uh I've seen a number of people picking him at 2RF I think you're out thinking the room if you don't have him in 5-8 personally. I've seen your Bud Sullivans, a few other guys. AJ Brimson, he could be one that we could potentially talk about as well. But I think that you need Josh Schuster somewhere. And I think there will be other 2RF options. I've got him at 5-8 at the moment as well. Mm. Lock and load uh, Josh Schuster. Who he, you know, if his name start at 5-8, which we think he will, he should... I said uh, Jack Howth could be one of the most popular. Josh Schuster should probably be your first bloke picked. Um... It's an interesting position, 5'8". Not some good options, but question marks around a lot of them. So, look, I think I'll be pairing Schuster and a a more primo sort of gun in that position. But if you're freeing up money elsewhere, I don't hate the idea if the options emerge of two cheapies at 5'8". You know, you want to attack the ceilings of some of the better guys in the position, but it's an option. Yeah, and I mean, your other 5'8 option, I think when I look at 5'8", I go, okay, do I either spend big and go Munster, Dill Brown, who I think both coming off fantastic seasons. Mm. I'm leaning away from them. You've then got Adam Dwayhe, who you've got, uh, which I like. You've also got Matty Burton, who's about 30K cheaper, goal-kicking on that Canterbury edge. I'm leaning towards Burton. I, I, I am going Burton <coughs> over um, Adam Dwayhe. What's your thinking there? They were the two I was tossing up, and mm. I sort of got Dwayne at the moment. Uh, Tigers draw to start the year. They face the Titans, the Knights, and the Bulldogs. Really, really nice start there. The Doggies start the year a little bit tougher for Matty Burton. Just the Tigers are much improved side. We hope. We hope. On face value, taking draw out of the account, I probably prefer Burton, mm. and I still might go Burton. I just do like that Tigers draw. But as, I mean, and we say the same with the Doggies. Should be a much improved Doggies side, but we hope. Yeah. Um, two big preseason trial watches, aren't they? And yeah. the teams. Them boys are going to be very good. They'll both score well. But how good are the teams going to be? Which team's going to gel quicker? And so, Dwayne as well. There's been rumours of him playing out in the centres. I'm not buying them personally. I sure can't see not. a world where even the Tigers could be that fucking stupid. He'll walk from the club if they play him. Surely. Alone. Fucking surely. And I, and I wouldn't hold it against him mm. at all. And um, then, and then at, uh, regards to Munster and Brown, and something that I'll, I'll go on about over and over again uh, throughout the, the pre-season, it's when you're picking around one team, it's fine to lock in your, your absolute elite guns, but it's about building your salary cap. And it's about finding those guys that you think are priced at top dollar and should not be going above that or even more so are likely to drop down. Yep. Find the blokes like Burton, like Dwayne, who are around the, the 620K mark off a, what were they, a 60-point average last season. I think Dwayne will comfortably 
improve on that. So he should make money, build that squad value. That's all what round one is about. So my team traditionally starts quite slow in Supercoach. The first three, four weeks, I'll be sitting around 20, 30, 40,000. Yep. But it's because I'm balancing my squad and going for that rather than a few of the guns. But once I've generated all this cash and others haven't, the tides turn pretty quick. So that's my approach. The other thing about Dwayne and Burton over Dill Brown Munster, yes, they're cheaper and whatnot. Um, but like their sides should improve to some extent. They're both goal kickers as well. Mm. So you would expect that they collect a little bit more there. Yeah. Surely. So, um, Co- Cody, uh, we'll get into it more with, with when we go through the positional analysis, but Cody Walker off a of 57 average is one that I would have liked if the Bunnies didn't have the most cooked draw to start the season. So I can't touch him, but I wish it, he will be on my radar around sort of five or six as a potentially an upgrade. The other one that a little birdie pointed out to us was AJ Brimson with a decent little draw to start. AJ Brimson. I, I Not cheap, AJ. but. I, I have a close eye on, again, the Titans trials and AJ Brimson because he's a gun. And a week ago, I had a very, very close eye. I was very keen on KP once he gets dual. I oh, know. But uh, with that calf, will he goal kick with that? Will he play with it? A lot of question marks around yeah. KP. Um, yeah, the other one, mate, that I think is interesting, we will talk about it later. Um, Jerome Luai ended up being a very sort of, you know, just giving to Viliami kick out and he would get all the attacking stats. I wouldn't be surprised if it changes a little bit next year. It's not, it's not a play, an avenue that I would go down personally, but I do think he's a guy that can improve this year, supercoach-wise. Definitely. I'm so intrigued to see that Panthers left edge. Yeah. I can't wait to see... We're going to find out how good Viliami Kikau was yeah. and the impact he had, not only with ball, but off the ball, just dragging in defenders because I think we could sit there and I'm sure it won't. But, and I'd love Luke Garner coming because I think he's an outstanding line runner. But the Penrith left edge, and we'll get to your side tomorrow because I know a few interesting picks that you're looking at. Yep. But it might start a little bit slower than we think because Kikau's impact uh, on that side. Potentially, yeah. Um, yeah, as far as, you know, other cheap, you know, you've got Isaiah Katoa. We'll talk about him more when we get to the teams. I just don't think he plays in the first. I, I don't expect to see him before Origin, to be honest with you. I think they'll take it slow with him. Um, Luke Metcalf's another one. I'm not sure if he's going to be in this side from the start as well. So I think all these guys will become relevant as the season goes on. That, that Warriors entire team, from starting edge with, say, Murata Niakore to Charles Nickel Clockstad, potentially at fullback, does he get named at centre? Luke Metcalf, big watch on their side. Yeah, and you have a look also. I've seen a lot of people talking about Bud Sullivan. Um, he's not the pick for me. I think he's low 300s, which isn't bad, but... I just don't trust this Dragon side to score mm. points. The other thing with the Dragons that I think you guys need to be aware of is that they don't play round one, so they got the bye, which isn't a huge drama. But when they've got a coach like Hook who can pick fucking anyone in that side, you could get to round two and the cheapies you've got there aren't in the team. Mm. Sloan, Bud Sullivan, I'm avoiding at all costs solely because I know what's going to happen. You're going to pick one of them, then bang, Moses and bye. Yeah. Kicks you in the dick as per usual. I wouldn't be stunned if we got to round one and or round two when they play and Ben Hornby was starting at halfback. <laughs> Dean Young was at hooker. They brought Matt Dufty back from the UK to Bring play Bring me off the pine. Yeah, I just... Let me at him. I don't trust them at all. Yeah, can't do it. Um, halfbacks, bit of strategy here. I've gone exactly the same. I would advise most people out there to do similar. Nathan Cleary, Nico Hines, um, two best players in Supercoach that are consistently out on the park. Uh, two goal kickers in two gun sides. Just get them. I think so, yep. But they've both got tough draws to start the season, but you just risk getting left behind. The only way that this won't be a pretty much lock and load starting position is if 
combination, I should say, is if we're void of cheapies for round one. We shouldn't be. It should be fine, but it happens. And, and you might find that a few of the cheapies fall off the radar close to round one or there's concerns over them and it forces us to go a little bit cheaper in the halves and maybe pick up a four or $500,000 player uh, to free up cash. But it looks pretty yeah, safe to me. And this is where if that does happen... It looks like the Gold Coast Titans have done us a massive, fa- massive favour with Tanner Boyd, who is halfback slash hooker. Uh, I think he's going to be a pretty important jewel for people. He might slide into the conversation if that sort of scenario happens for sure. Yeah, so if he's starting with Fafita outside him, I think he's worth a punt playing halfback. He scored really well at the back end of last season, despite easier games and whatnot. Uh, I think he is one to consider as well. But at the moment, we've both got Cleary and Hines. Ready to dive into two RFs. Yeah, and another another relatively weak position to start the season, I think. I'm not full of confidence with it, but far away. Yeah, it's um, 2RF going to be very, very interesting this year. I'm not... I keep looking at it and thinking, oh, there's so many options, but then there's, al- there's also so many options that could fall through as well. It could quickly turn mm. into a bit of a pain in the ass. We just mentioned Tanner Boyd, who's going to be playing on the edge outside for... Uh, inside for feeder. Um, you've got him in your back row. I think at that price, felt like last year he was playing like a fucking busted arsehole mm. and his super coach scores were still unreal. Surely this Titan side can only improve. The thing about it is with Fafita, like, <laughs> surely he doesn't... So he's priced on a 65 average. Surely he doesn't come out and average anything less than, you know, 50 to 55 worst case, in which there you're like, all right, he's a bit undervalued. Play, he's, sorry, he's a bit overvalued. It's not really going to hurt you, but he could also come out and average 100 over the first five rounds. Yeah. And I just think it's worth the investment for that reason. Initially, I was really keen on him playing outside Kieran Foran, and we had a chat about it on the Bloke podcast yesterday. I think they've made... Should it eventuate, and the Titans lineup as has been reported, and he plays on the right with Tana Boyd, Bo Firmer on the left. Bo Firmer just runs a great line, and that's what Kieran Foran does. He directs, he straightens up the attack, he creates space for blokes outside in the holes, and he needs those line runners. For feeder, it's just giving the ball early and let him tear shreds. So we know he's got that uh, combination with Tana Boyd from the junior days. So again, while I'd prefer him on the left, I think the Titans are making the right call playing him on the right, and for Supercoach purposes. I'm just too scared not to own him, mate. He is like an eight foot, hundred and thirty kilo insurance policy. <laughs> you just don't want you don't want to miss out in case he decides to put his boots on that yeah. day. So yeah. you've got to have him, I think, uh, especially if Tanner Boyd does become an option mm. in your sides. I, I just think it makes sense. Luke Garner, I think the vast majority of people will start with him. Still a chance that Hoskins could take that edge spot, but I, I I'm just about willing to lock. Luke Garner in. I think he's been very underrated. I think he's been a victim of the West Tigers and their yeah. shit fuckery for a very long time. I'm one of the, uh, I'm probably number one fan of the Luke Garner fan club, mate. Priced on a 41 point average last season. Just moves into prime real estate on the left edge outside. Jerome Luai at the Penrith Panthers. So he averaged 66 minutes per game last year. So, you know, if he comes in as an 80 minute back rower, it's not a substantial increase, but it's enough. Yeah. And as I said, one thing I look out for in Supercoach is, and in rugby league in general, I should say, just players who kill it at ordinary clubs. And Luke Garner comes to mind. Um, AJ Brimson comes to mind in recent years for the Titans. When it, games where they've struggled and been belted. And these blokes are just so consistent, especially attackers when they kill it. You're like, imagine what they do at a good club. Well, yep. 
we're about to see Luke Garner playing on probably the best edge in the competition. Yeah, and I'm sure there would be a bit of fear from people that, you know, he'll probably play that role that Isaac Tungo played last year. But I just think there'll be enough opportunities for him to come up with attacking stats and he'll get through a stack of work on that edge. So that's and again, priced on a forty one point average, if he's an eighty minute back row for Penrith, he's not averaging less. So yep. you can't go too far wrong. Yeah. Um, you got Ray Stone in here now. Wayne Bennett came out the other day, indicated what his side would look like. It looked like Ray Stone would probably be a bench player. Um, still a lot of trials to come and whatnot. Looks like Tommy Gilbert could play in the 13, but I still see Ray Stone at 246k. Um, you know, with that dual position, I think he's close to a must-have, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. Again, uh, I, I suppose it's a placeholder pick, but one that looks pretty locked in and that'll come down to the Titans round one team all right if he plays off the bench he can still be a decent pick do they go with a four forward bench they go three forward one utility um because if it's a four forward bench and Ray Stones off the bench and it's sort of mo a lot of middles you might go oh it'd be a bit concerned because Jeremy Marshall King you would imagine will be an 80 minute hooker um wait and watch but it looks okay yeah no I think he'll he'll, he'll play Decent enough minutes, Ray Stone, and I think he's only going to be one injury away from pretty damn. What's good the injury he's coming back from? Uh, was it an ACL? It was, it was that. It was when he scored that try for Parramatta. That's when right. he bounced over and the he trial. Killed that game. Yeah, hey? he, he, he blew it away. Yeah. So, um, but that that was early last season. I think that was like so hopefully early days. Gets a couple of trials under his belt. And yeah. Dust so, off some cobwebs. Yeah, and I, I just think you know when, when you're building a club. Tell me he's not the sort of motherfucker you want out there. Yeah. As tough as nails. I, I love Ray And Stone. also, slow-burning cow. Coming back from ACL, yeah. he might go 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, but if he can build his way up to 50-plus, you know, he can cash him in around 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go to your bench. You've got my boy there, Jermaine Hopgood. He's another one that I think uh, is close to a must-have guy. Uh, whether he plays 13 edge, I think he will play 13. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Parramatta do this year, and we'll talk about it a little bit later over the next few weeks, but you've got Matto... I'm not sure if he's playing in round one or whether he's coming back later, whether he's paying that fine, whatever the fuck <laughs> is going on there. Um, but regardless, I think Jermaine Hopgood could earn that role of being the 13. It'll just depend how many minutes Matto plays off the bench or if Matto plays on an edge. It's a bit of a jigsaw over there at Parramatta at the moment. Uh, but I think Hopgood at 298k. I'm really looking forward to watching him go next You've year. You've been spruiking Hopgood as a super coach by... Mate, he's become a very popular uh, player recently, and I'm a little bit pissed off yeah. that uh, I got in there very early. I think I got in there too early. I think you, you were spruiking him since you have been... Round 20 last year it was. Yeah. I thought it was. Filthy. Yeah, so, mate, what would happen if they missed selection in round one? Because... Would your, all your credentials just go I'd go into hiding. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be talking a lot about Ruben Cotter. Don't worry about I'll that. I'll be sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> but yeah, Jermaine Hopgood at that price. Uh, he will get through a stack of work. He is his PPM. I, I think it'll be around the 1.1, 1.2 this year. Very talented guy. Bit of attacking upside. Um, and he wants to play for the Parramatta Eels, unlike their current lock forward. So. Oh, it's a good start. <laughs> Great start. Yeah. So Jermaine Hopgood, I think he'll be in most sides. Um, another bone to pick here. <laughs> One of my favourite bones to pick. You're going for Jack Williams from the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, for me, I don't have him in my best 17. I know you do on the bench. I don't. Um, and I don't trust Jack Williams as far as I could throw him. And I'll give you the hot tip. Couldn't throw him too far. <laughs> He's a lump of a lad, Jacko. Um I suppose it's worth a disclaimer that he, he might be one of the Kuma Stallions yeah. products. Uh, look, placeholder, of yep. course, but the club love him. 
big big raps on him there. He's been a bit of, as I suppose, a stalwart bench forward for a number of years now. Got injured in round about six rounds in last season. Might have torn a peck or a, I think it was a knee injury. Um, so it'll be his first game back if he gets named. The years prior to that, 24 games, 16 games, 23 games. So it shows their opinion of him. He starts at a discounted price off the back of an injured injury year. So he's priced on a, what is he? Not a lot. Yep. Um, starts at 247k, dirt cheap. If you can jag a bench spot, again, we saw with Craig Fitzgibbons last year, he loved the four forward bench. So if it was a four forward bench and he was on it, it'd be like, nah, there's just not enough minutes there. Three forward bench and uh, you t- sort of an outside back utility, I'd be keen. Um, but mate, just watch this space. Andrew Fafida, Aiden Tolman are gone. Let's see who that, what that bench makeup is and how Jack comes out in the preseason. Yeah, and obviously you've got Oregon Kafusi who comes into that side, so he'll take one of those spots. Uh, yeah, and look, and, and as we said off the off the top, a lot of these guys are placeholders that will all come down to trials, team lists and whatnot, as with a lot of your guys' teams. The, the one I am watching another close preseason watch is what they do with Teague, Wilton and Wade Gray. Mm. Has the time come for Teague to start? I think that Teague better suits that side. So do now. I. Now. Big time. But I will say this. Wade obviously didn't have a preseason last year. Mm. He came back to his usual spot. All of a sudden, Sifatalakai was playing centre outside him. They hadn't played together before on an edge. They've now got a full preseason next to each other. Sifa's going to have a preseason as a... Um, as a centre finally. So maybe there will be changes, but I test what I've seen so far. I thought that that left edge, and I think I think Siffer copped a lot of blame last year for it. For me, I, the combination wasn't working between the two of them, but as soon as you got Wilton on running that line that he so runs, good. space opened up everywhere. Yeah. So uh, love Wade Graham, but I also, I also think at different points when Wilton came on, they tried to play Wade sort of through the middle of 13, and it wasn't really working for me. Mm. So you've got this club legend, club captain, you're trying to fit into this side somewhere, and he has to be there somewhere. He's a tremendous player, but I think on that edge, he's sort of holding Wilton back a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I think so as well. It's... So we interesting to see what happens because if Teague does come in and get to run it, he starts the season four ninety k for forty seven average. If I don't, the thing is, I don't think he'll get an eighty minute role unless they move Wade Game into the middle. Yeah. But if he does, or if there's a preseason injury, serious option to start the year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, your last one here, your boy, our boy, one of our favourites heading into this year, Trey Mooney, two hundred thirty four k. Um, I think there's an idea with a lot of people he's a little bit overhyped. I think he's still fucking underhyped, to be honest with you. I love the look of this guy. Whether he's going to be a big minute guy early, knowing where he's short, he probably won't be. I think a slow burn that I think is going to do you a lot of favours. Yeah, I don't really care about hype. I care about 234k, potentially playing big minutes in the NRL. So that suits my Supercoach squad. If you're going to make money for me, I don't really care if you're good or bad. Um, so Trey Mooney, for the time being... There's a vacant lock roll at the Raiders this season, and it could go a number of different ways. I suspect it probably... It could go a lot of ways, but Trey Mooney could be the man. Even if Trey Mooney plays off the bench, I think obviously Adam Elliott's departed. I think he'll be a good buyer. It could be a real slow burn. Um, the other interesting one in the back row in that same position is Corey Harawira Naira. A super coach can be a god at times when given the game mm. time. He's just been in a Raiders pack that has been stacked for a number of years now. But he has like the most... Super coach friendly game going around. He offloads, he scores tries. 
Like he chases kicks and dives on the end of him, makes line breaks, tackle bus. He's so good. And he's got a good motor on him as well. So if his name start at lock round one, we'll uh, try and get a bit of inside word on that one and sort of the minutes that he may be playing. And it's not something I'm realistically probably going to start with, but if he can lock in a 60-plus minute role, he could be a great buy. Yeah, I, I've heard a little rumour that you could see Corey Horsburgh there potentially. Yeah, I've seen that as well. I, just, he's a front rower. Oh, I think he's a front rower like. too. Yeah, and I especially I hope from a super coach point of view, it's not Corey. He's almost five hundred k, so that'd sort of. Um, I'd rather see one of Trey or CHN get in there. It's a big front. Though. You've got big Papa, Joey Taps, Corey Horsworth through the middle, like damaging. But I think you want a bit more mobility in the pack these I think days, so. don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, an interesting one to watch there, that Canberra Raiders spot. Um, I'm not looking forward to playing Ricky Stewart roulette in any way, shape or form, but <laughs> sometimes we've got to do this. Should we move into the front row forwards? Is there anyone else you want to chuck into our Fs or will we wait for my side tomorrow? Um, there is one. Yep. Um, we won't go into... So I thought John Bateman, who I wasn't keen on at all initially... He got priced at 622k, which is around about a 60-point average, which isn't a lot. So I can't – I don't have his stats in front of me from yesteryear, but he – I remember him averaging 70-plus, I think both 72. Seasons, 72. So, again, I, I don't think he's one that I'll start with, but there's genuine value in, in Johnny Bateman if he's playing his big minutes, which you'd expect him to. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> – I've been anticipating him to play on the edge the entire preseason. I still kind of think he will. I was told the other day he's going to play lock, though. Right. So a spot to watch there. Obviously, we've got trials and everything still to come, guys. But uh, if you, I think if you go back to his first few games in the NRL, he did play in the 13 jersey for the Canberra Raiders. Two 80-minute games. His first two games in the NRL, uh, he went 65-69 with no tries or anything. So, And he's like... He's very unique... Such a specimen, Johnny Bateman, that he could play big minutes at lock. He could, yep. And he could tackle break and offload till the fucking so cows often. come home. <clears throat> and you, you know the sort of footballer he's like. He wants the ball when he wants the ball. <clears throat> he'll touch it so much, he'll get so involved. There are Tigers, they've had a weak belly for a number of years. Uh, like, I, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if he's given the 13 jersey, he's given the job. Which would just be, it brings him into contention. Yes. Oh, sorry, I think either way, even if he's an 80 minute edge player, I th- I don't hate it. Again, yeah. I'll use this a lot, pre-season watch, uh, but Sean Bloor yeah. comes into contention there, doesn't he? For the 15th st- season in a row. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to be let down this year? Love Sean Bloor. Fuck, I hope he just puts it together and gets an opportunity. 234K. And if John Bateman starts at lock, that, you would imagine, would be Sean Bloor forcing the hand because he's... I think so. They've got such big wraps on him. We've seen bits and pieces of him, of him but he keeps getting injured, so... That'd be gold for Supercoach. Yeah, Bloor is a guy that I've got in my side at the moment. We'll talk about him a bit more tomorrow. And then, sorry, the last bloke, and we don't need to go to detail in on him, but um, speaking of Barney Rubble off the field, but Luciano Leilua starts yeah. very cheap at the Cowboys. Very cheap. Hylam Lukey um, coming out from an ACL injury. He's due back round six, round seven. Enough time to... He'll be east back as well. So if Leilua is an 80-minute edge back row for the Cows, I think he's, he's about 550k... 550 off a 52-point average. Very nice. Yeah, Yeah, with their draw as well. I think I was looking at the Cowboys the other day, do your own research, but I think it's something like they don't leave Queensland. I think they leave once in the first six weeks. I don't think they left Queensland last year either. Pretty much, yeah. Bloody Queenslanders. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
front rowers, <laughs> should we get into this Disneyland segment? Yeah. Pretty, rank. Pretty fucking rank. It's dirt, isn't it? Yeah. It's, oh, it's awful. I, I, I actually don't mind the route that you've taken. Mm. Um, you've gone for a guy that I haven't seen in any other teams that have been sent to me so far. Uh, Ruben Cotter. I, I'm actually a fan of this guy. Don't mind him. Um, you, you made some good points to me earlier today about why you've gone for him. Do you want to run them through? Yeah, and just quickly, this team I threw together, uh, SC Playbook has been covering Big Bash, December, January, full on. So I haven't, I've had teams sent to me. I've just said, look, I'll, we're getting into the league content soon. We'll get there. Uh, but I haven't really looked at other teams. So it is, I don't know how it lines up to other sides. But Maybe a team instead of your excuses, you fucking coward. Excuses? Let's Jesus go. Christ, mate. Ruben Cotter. Love him. Yeah. You rate him, do you? Yeah, don't mind him. Oh, Jesus Christ. How many more episodes have we got? <laughs> When's <laughs> final start? Uh, Ruben Cotter, 623. So my approach always to front row forward position has been, especially this year, I just don't see upside in it. If I'm paying top dollar for someone, I want to get those players that will hurt you, like Nathan Cleary or Nico Hines, James Tedesco, and that's why you pay the big bucks for them. There is not a front rower. Tino Fusul Malawi, Joe Taffney, David Clemmer, Payne Haas, Joe Fungawi, Tohu Harris, they're the top-priced front rowers. None of them players are going to hurt you unless Joe Taffney comes out and busts 28 tackles and offloads 10 times in round one, which he may. So I tend to go for more mid-rangers yep. early on and just look for those blokes who can go and plug a, a role, average anywhere from 40 to 50 for me, make a bit of money. They start the season undervalued. And it's a position where we learn who these mid-rangers are as pre-season plays out and as the round one teams are named. Ruben Cotter is probably an exception to this rule because he starts on a 59-point average. Can I just say that with Ruben Cotter? You have a look at the, the five games before he got injured. Mm. Um, his lowest score was 68. The six games after he came back from injury, his highest score was 71. He's, he's a gun, mate. Like, yeah, so he, he is – I think he's pretty underpriced there realistically. But, like, you look at how he finished the season, 34, 55, 71, 56, 40, 46. So he only went above 57 once in the last yeah. six or seven weeks. He's priced on – he averaged 57 minutes last season. I would I would expect his average minutes this year to be anywhere from 60 to 65. I think so, yep. Fair. So a bit of an increase in minutes. Um, essentially, that, that was – Really a breakout year for him, for him in the NRL. He based 54 in that time. Now, you shouldn't look too much into attacking stats when you consider your front rollers. You, you want to see increase in minutes. You want to see the work rate. But he's a bloke who will jag some attacking stats because he's just so damn good. Yeah. He's, he's, got, a, he, he's a different cat at the end of the yeah. day. He's not your front row, average front row forward. Yeah. No. And he scored one try last year and didn't set up any. And some people read that and go... Where's the upside? Like, he doesn't score assist. I'm sitting there going, geez, he only needs to jag two, two tries and two assists this season to up his points. I'm yep. like, I see upside there. And if it was a genuine plotter, you'd be like, you'd be clutching at straws by saying that. But Cotter's a gun, so yep. he will. So, yeah, I think Cotter available at front row forward. Uh, I suppose they're a bit funny with how they do positioning, but maybe a chance at Jewel at some point. But regardless... 623k on a 59 average. I think he can average 70 plus this season. And essentially, if he stays fit, he could nearly be a set and forget. Yeah, and I mean, he is available at front row forward. So I, I think as much as it'd be great to have him for dual, that's probably where you're going to want True. him anyway, I think. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, 
you uh, you might have uh, convinced me around here. Oh, it's just something new. Not bad from the paddle pop line. <laughs> uh, who's your other front row forward, mate? Who you got? You're starting front Th- row this forward. This is the, the big watch again. The, uh, but uh, Stefano Kamanu, mm. um, speaking of blokes, can he hit the hype that we want? Just a play injury played season last year. Just stop start for him. He ended up playing nine games. So he's priced on a 30-point average. The year before that, played 21 games for a 52-point average. He only averaged 33 minutes last year. Now, the issue is, I suppose, their front row stocks are pretty strong this season. Yeah. So what minutes will he get? Um, but he's cheap. He's very cheap. We know what he can do. I, I can't remember the exact stats, but I remember at the end of 2021 doing some uh, crunching some numbers last year for the preseason. And in the last like eight rounds where he started and got the better minutes, he averaged like 60 or something. So if the minutes are there and he's starting round one, he'll be a pretty popular pick. Well, you, you remember in 2021, it was game three, he went into the origin camp mm. and he came out just a different fucking yeah. beast and he killed it on the way home. And I think that there's a number of guys we're going to talk about over the next two days in the front row forward. And I think that there's a lot of mid-range guys like... Saifitis, like Kepis, like Stefano, these sort of guys that if they play good footy, they're really good options. Stefano, if he gets to his best, he is the best option, I think. He came out at the end of 2021, uh, as he post that origin period, scores of 91, 47, 62, 55, 82, 50, 83 and 57. Yeah. Uh, three tries in that time, which, again, try scoring upside, sweet. Give him happy now. Give him happy, yeah. So don't mind him. Yeah. Uh, your bench front row forwards, the first one we'll start with is Franklin Pelle. I think most people have got him in their side for, as a placeholder mm. at the moment. Uh, whether he gets into this Canterbury side or not, I'm not sure. Uh, but I think that of all the you know real basement price guys, he's probably the one with the most upside. Um, yeah. I think Pelle is going to feature in our Supercoach teams for a number of years as a, now a cheapie, probably a midi soon, and then he, he could be a genuine gun over the next few years. Yeah, looks very promising, doesn't he? A bit of a hard-running forward. Very exciting. So, yep. again, role-dependent, but looks all right. Yeah. Uh, and Tepai Moroa is the other one. You've got another Melbourne Storm, a dual-position guy, 234k Moroa. Uh, obviously, a lot of holes in this forward pack at the moment. I would expect that when he's fully fit, he probably will get a bench spot. I think they're lacking middles at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, geez, Tepai, when he first came in for Parramatta, just looked like he was going to be... A world beater. Um, struggled a little bit at Parramatta. Spent some time with the Waratahs. Has now landed landed at the Melbourne Storm. Uh, at that price, if he's playing, I get it. Yeah, and I, he's had a, a year in the Storm system now. As you said, there are some holes in the forward pack. So let's see where he, where he lands again. There's every chance probably Tyron Wishart is the the 14 for them. Yep. So if he comes on, maybe he spells Harry Grant for 15 minutes which would mean good things for essentially, I suppose, a three middle forward bench, maybe an edge forward there. But, yeah, so just a watch on Tepai. You feel like he's been around since about 1980, Tepai. Yeah, he's been around forever. He's 27. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, if he fires in the trials, looks okay. Why not? Yeah, I think he's a guy too, like in the modern game as well, with how many HIAs and stuff you have, like your bench forwards and a guy like him, if it is a three-pronged bench, good point. he will grab good minutes yeah, you'll find here and the there. Money. So uh, I think there's money to be made there. But front row forward, uh, there's other guys that I'll talk about tomorrow, like Dan Saifidi, um, Kepi, a couple of other guys. So I think front row forward, it's you're going to need a bit of luck to go your way, realistically. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I also think that if you're unlucky, the guys that are lucky, it probably won't be a huge gap anyway. Yeah, th- th- I think there'll be a lot of those anywhere from 350 to 550k players stacking front rows, those mid-range, as I said, and 
after round one or two, you could completely change it up because yep. it's who plays the minutes, who looks good. Like, it's a tough position. You got me very interested in Cotter, though. I do like that pick. Yeah. Nicely done. Thanks, mate. Uh, hookers, uh, go big or go home. Harry Grant, you have gone for him. Uh, there are a couple of uh, cheaper options around that people are considering. Uh, you've just decided to spend the coin here and it's done for the season. He's, he's just a lock set and forget for me, Harry Grant. He's the best in the position. He scores tries. He assists. He gets so many try assists. He's the best hooker in the NRL. I'm just happy to. Again, the only way I, you know what, I'll be starting the season with him. I, I can't see a world where I don't. Um, and I, I know a lot of people are looking at 130k cheap at Reese Robson. Mm. Reese Robson, that's fine. And and you know stats might back up that there's there can be some upside to Reese Robson. But Harry Grant's a better super coach player for me. And at 130k, it's not that much money. It's not. And I think a lot of people saying Reese Robson's got this huge attacking upside. Mm. I mean. I think he scored six tries in seven weeks. Outside Did. of that, he scored one or two. I mean, yeah, I people want to tell me he's this huge attacking hooker. He's not compared to this guy. Yeah, and, you and know and you're going to get it with this guy. I remember in that period, so I bought him, timed it really well with Robson through that try scoring period. And as soon as the tries dried up, he went back to like, I could be wrong, but I, I think it was like a 50 point average or something. So Yeah, I, I think he was a touch higher than that when I had a look at yeah. it. I was a little bit surprised he was a touch higher than that. Yeah. Uh, but I. Yeah, I'm not convinced that we're going to see the huge upside that people are talking about with Reese Robson. No, I'm, um, I'm grand all day. Yeah, no, to, to, to be fair, on, on the run home after the tries, he was a little bit higher. Mm. 42, 78, 57, 62, 91, 63, 49, 108 to finish. Um, Let me have a look as well. Yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, though, and I, I would prefer I'll tell you, tell you another thing there. So he started... Slightly unfair stats because he didn't start the completely playing 80 minutes, but yep. started last year with 43, 52, this is points, 43, 52, 37, 61, 39. He then went into 80-minute games from round six, 64, 42, 55, 67. You just said that the Cowboys hardly leave Queensland in the first, the opening of the season. Hot, hot weather. The comp starts earlier this year as well. They play some games in Townsville. Does he play 80 in those games? That's a big ask for a middle forward to play 80 minutes in yeah. Townsville in March. So. Yeah, and I also think this year that they will run with a uh, 14. I think it'll either be Jake Granville or Tom Chester. Tom Chester, obviously a guy, he's a fullback, but he can play just about anywhere. You might have a fair point there early in the season. You might see him come on a little bit here and there. Thanks, mate. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that does happen. Because I, I won't have Reese Robson. I'm same. I hope people go to Robson and avoid Grant. Like, happy days. I'll watch him tear up an average 100. Yeah, love that. Uh, your other, your last player, your other hooker, uh, Hectic Cheese, Brandon Smith, arriving at the Chooks. Uh, very cheap. Uh, picks himself? I think so. I, I, I think people probably get a little bit excited at Cheese because it is Cheese and he's just so fun and lovable and yep. dynamic on field. I, I'm not going to say... He's set for round one, but he looks the go at the moment. Um, my probably slight concern is just uh, with these, we speak about it so often. Last year on the Bloke podcast, too many mouths to feed at the Roosters and what role are they going to have Cheese playing? Is he going to be distributing a lot? Is he going to do what he did at the Storm and just run, 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 run? I don't know. Um, but look, on face value, averaged 49 minutes last year for 45 points. The year prior, he averaged 68 points for in 60 minutes. I suppose the question is, what do we see his role being? Starting hooker for 60 minutes? 
I, I think so, but I also think I, I think that now it's not Connor Watson, it'll be Jake Turpin. I think it could be less than 60. Yeah. Because you're going to have to give Victor Radley a spell at some point, and I think the perfect guy to bring on when Victor Radley's off would be Cheese. So does Turpin come on at hooker and Cheese just goes to lock, though? I, I, that's what I reckon would happen. Which yeah. probably doesn't hurt his minutes too much. Yeah, but I, I don't think he'll play huge minutes still. Yeah. I still think that... I, like Because I, then Radley will come back on for Smith... And then maybe Cheese comes back on for Turpin last 20 or something. That's what I mean. So there's question mark. I don't think it's, it's as easy a lock as people think. But as it stands at the moment, at that price, he looks pretty hard to ignore. Yeah, and I mean, you have a look at that year that he had for Melbourne that was unbelievable. Uh, he was a hooker that scored 12 tries. <clears throat> average 68. Exactly. It's good. It's not great. No. Like, it's really not. Um, I will say this. We went through the new rule amendments, changes, whatever you want to call them. That rule that you reportedly, uh, and maybe we've got it wrong, but the way that it reads is that you have to have two feet on the try line when defending. If Brandon Smith is a dummy half and you're standing flat-footed on your line, good fucking luck. How are you going to stop that? It's ridiculous. And it can't last long. But if it does last the first few weeks, if the Dolphins have to do it to Brandon Smith, I'm very interested. He could have four tries in 20 minutes. Yeah. Seriously. I think Brandon Smith is one of those guys that there's a lot of, there's a few red flags that we can see. But I just think that he's, it's going to be too scary not to have yeah. him. I can see that rule getting amended before the season starts. Yeah, maybe at halftime of game one. Yeah. It's going to be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. If that's the way we've read it, maybe we've got it wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. If it doesn't, and, and they don't change the rule to after round one or two, just fill up on hookers anytime try scores round one and just hard running back rollers. Yeah. Barge overs. Oof. Yeah. Mate, uh, that is your side... Darn, how much coin do you have left in the bank? Uh, I've got 200k, is that okay. stand? So, yeah. bit, uh, bit to work with. Bit to work with. All right. What do you Anything? reckon? Yeah, mate, I like or? it. There's, um, and look, I mean, you, you can always look at these sites. You know, people send me their teams and I look at them and, you know, there's so many placeholders in teams that it's hard to make comment on yeah. them. But I do, I, I like the Daniel Tupu play. I always like bringing him into a site. I've never really done it myself, but I always like it. I love the Ruben Cotter play. I'm a big fan of that. Um, Any dislikes? Not from the not from the cheapies. Do I hear I don't like? I, I don't know how, how you can possibly trust him. I can't do it. Um, but if the Tigers do hit the ground running, uh, I can understand. I don't like Remus Smith, as I said, but there's. I think it's not a huge issue. Um, other than that, there isn't really much to much for me to disagree with. I, I when I saw Ruben Cotter this morning, I wasn't huge on it. Mm. And I sat down and you explained yourself and I'm actually seriously considering bringing it into my <laughs> side, uh, which we'll, we will reveal tomorrow. Uh, I think you're going to host that one and uh, put me in the hot seat. I'm a little no, bit nervous. First time for it, mate. I, li- I like being comfortable over here. Uh, it's good, like, the hosting side of it. It's, you just really get to, to run the narrative, run the story. Mm. Let it's it, great. Let <laughs> it's it, the best. <laughs> yeah, talk when you want to. Shut them up when you want to. It's, it is good. And that's Speaking what, of, that's about enough for me. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, tomorrow... You'll be diving into my side. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I will, mate. Um, looking forward to picking that apart and once again forging you into a top 500 finisher. Love that. Uh, guys, Bloke in a Bar, 1st of February. We will remind you tomorrow and next week. Uh, Kempy's got a 50% off sale for 50 hours kicking off on the 1st of February. So very exciting. Some of the gear you can get there is unreal and he has pretty much given it away. Shout out to Blue Wealth Property, Tony and the team. They make investing in property easy for you. If you'd like to get in touch with the team, reach out to myself or Timmy and we can set you up. And uh, any sponsors out there that are keen to join the team? 
beers and breakevens at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. We'll see you tomorrow where I reveal my Supercoach side as it stands right now for 2023.